everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Awakened. We are doing a second episode this week because there's just a couple more topics that we felt were really important to dive into now while they're really pertinent and not push anything off to next week because things change so fast, as we know. Uh, so we're just going to dive right into this. The first thing we want to talk about, we really want to expand on the conversation we started having yesterday about the Russia-Ukraine situation and how things just don't seem right they're not adding up. Yeah, they're not adding up. The, the logic of the whole situation just isn't there. Right. Um, yeah. We kind of talked about how the United States is still sending money to Russia. So we're going to talk- $70 million a day. $70 million a day. Yeah, it's lovely. So we're going to revamp a little bit of that. And then we want to hit on some things happening in Europe, some attacks on Christianity that are just, we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So- First, let's dive back into the Russia conversation. I've got a clip from the Glenn Beck program. He had Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, on the show, and he was talking about the oil situation that we brought up yesterday. Yeah. So we'll play that clip. It's it's about six minutes long, a little less than six minutes, so it's a longer clip, but I think it's really important for everybody to hear the entire conversation. Listen, the invasion in Ukraine was avoidable. It didn't have to happen. And, and two things caused the invasion in Ukraine. Number one, last summer, uh-huh. Joe Biden's disgraceful surrender in Afghanistan, abandoning Afghanistan to the Taliban, leaving Americans behind, incompetently giving up Bagram Airfield, releasing terrorists to turn around and murder 13 servicemen and women. That disaster was so bad that every enemy of America looked to Washington and took the measure of the man in the Oval Office. And they determined that Biden was weak and feckless and ineffective. And Russia did that, and China did that, and Iran did that, and North Korea did that. And at the time, Glenn, I said the chances of Russia invading Ukraine have increased tenfold. Mm -hmm. The chances of China invading Taiwan have increased tenfold. But secondly is the specific mistakes that Biden made with regard to Ukraine and Russia, which is... Putin has wanted to invade Ukraine a long, long time. Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union. Putin longs to reassemble the Soviet Union, even to go broader, as he described in his bizarre and terrifying speech uh, last week. He wants to reassemble the Russian Empire of 1922. He has already invaded Ukraine once. He did so in 2014. He invaded Crimea, the southern part of Ukraine. But he stopped. He didn't go into all of Ukraine. Why did he stop? The reason is... Russia's principal source of revenue is the sale of oil and natural gas. And the natural gas runs on pipelines right through the middle of Ukraine. And the danger that Putin faced is if he invaded Ukraine, he risks damaging or destroying those pipelines. And if the pipelines are destroyed, he can't get his gas to Europe. So what did he do the next year? The next year, 2015, he began building a pipeline, a pipeline called Nord Stream 2, that goes under the ocean, it goes directly from Russia to Germany, and it skips Ukraine. And the reason he started building it is so he could invade Ukraine. In 2019, I authored bipartisan sanctions to stop Nord Stream 2. My sanctions legislation passed both houses of Congress with overwhelming bipartisan majorities. President Trump signed the sanctions into law. Putin stopped building the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, literally the day that Trump signed my sanctions. For over a year, the pipeline was dead. Biden gets sworn in as president. 
on January 20th, 2021. Four days later, January 24th, Putin begins building once again deep sea construction on Nord Stream 2. Why? Because Biden projected weakness. And a few months later, Biden formally waived sanctions on Nord Stream 2, surrendered, allowed Putin to build the pipeline. And, Glenn, that is why. Yeah. Putin invaded Ukraine because Biden was so weak and surrendered and allowed him to do that, do it. And this administration believes weakness and appeasement is how you deal with bullies. All right. Let me ask you one quick question. So we both have to run um, the yeah. yesterday during the speech. Uh, oil per barrel broke one hundred and ten. Um, yeah. that, that's that's craziness. Um, there is. There is no doubt, no doubt that the American people are going to pay a very high price for this. He's not going to open up anything. Congress is out of, you know, out of your control or GOP control, reasonable people control. Um, uh, are, are we still buying Russian oil? Are we buying it? Because they say that everybody is uh, stop buying it. But I read that we're still buying their oil. And so is Europe. Is that true? Uh, it is true. We are still buying Russian oil. In fact, the region of, of the country that buys much of the Russian oil is the Northeast. It's places like Boston, Massachusetts. Why? Because the idiot politicians in New York won't allow them to build natural gas pipelines to get from the Marcellus Shale in Pennsylvania. There's vast amounts of natural gas in Pennsylvania. But New York won't allow a pipeline to go through. So instead, the liberals in Massachusetts import Russian gas and Russian oil rather than using American. And, and listen, if you look at the sanctions Biden put in place, he explicitly exempts energy. Yep. Energy is where Putin gets the bulk of his resources. We need yep. to not only stop buying Russian oil and gas, we need to lead a worldwide boycott. You want to weaken Putin. We need to use our economic might to weaken Putin, and that means cutting off the sources for his gas. And, and we've got plenty to sell in the United States. And, and, and Putin right now assumes Europe is addicted to their gas and, and their oil. They have to keep buying it. If suddenly the European refineries begin purchasing from other sellers, including the United States, including Texas, they're not just going to get it on the spot market. The producers are going to want long-term contracts. And if Putin starts seeing these refineries sign 10-year contracts with Texas producers, that goes right to the heart of his military strength. It's how he funds Correct. his entire invasion. That's actually how we defeat them. And, Glenn, the problem is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they believe Putin's going to win, and, and they don't believe there's anything we can do to stop that. Okay, so like I said, that was a long clip, but chocked full of info, isn't it? Yes. Taking some notes through that. Well, first of all, your guys' reactions hearing that. I it's what I what we were talking about yesterday that that Biden is looking to be weaker than Putin. Really. I mean, if you look at the actions that we're taking, he puts the United States under Putin. Yeah. And under under that Russian movement. Um, if we really wanted to be America the way that we have been and to be oil sufficient, we can we can use our own instead of buying from over there. And we heard why. I mean, Ted Cruz completely makes it obvious why they're buying oil because they won't allow the pipelines to go through their land in New York. So 
the whole East Coast there, Northeast, is is slaves to Putin. And the the liberal ideology is we can't be strong. So that means everybody else in the world gets to be strong. But when we're strong, the rest of the world is in check. And that's why many people really connected to President Trump because you can call him whatever you want, but he was strong in America was strong. The economy was strong. The, the, I mean, the lowest unemployment in the history. I mean, it's amazing what was going on. And within one year, we went from being the strongest nation, independent oil. We, we had our own supply. We didn't have to worry about Russia or Saudi Arabia or anybody else. And within one year, look what happened gas at 450 a gallon, mm-hmm. $6 in some places, $7 in some places. And it's all because of this leader who is weak. Yeah. Weak or what's the, what's the other agenda going Doing it on, on purpose? The, I, I, I guess my speculation on the whole thing, my, my gut reaction to everything that's been happening in the last year is everything has been bad. That can't be on accident. No. Right? You can't. There's no way that you accidentally suck this much at everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the two, I mean, the two places in the world that have some sense of freedom, being America and parts of Europe, mm-hmm. um, they're funding this war machine. Yes. That means That means the blood of the Ukraine people are on these politicians' hands. I mean, that's exactly what it means. Yeah. Okay. So- just to go back through what he said in 2014, Putin invaded Crimea, which was, you say the Southern? Yeah, it's Southern. Part it's yeah. an Island. Okay. Or it's a peninsula. But those, the pipelines that take the, the oil and gas from Russia into Europe, where Putin is getting his money from, go through Ukraine. Right. Mm-hmm. So he can't risk invading Ukraine, obviously, because if there's a war like there is now, you risk bombs or whatever yep. damaging those pipelines and then you're screwed right that your your source of money is gone right so he's not going to do that so then yeah 2015 began Nord Stream 2 the one that goes underneath the ocean not through Ukraine into Europe so that and, and like Cruz said he started Nord Stream 2 so that he could eventually invade Ukraine yep right and because it's underwater and it goes directly to Germany he's able to take much more land than just Ukraine. Yep. Yep. So 2019, Cruz said that he, whatever, introduced those sanctions to stop Nord Stream 2. It passed in the House and the Senate, and then Trump signed it into law. Bipartisanly passed yeah. in both houses. Yeah. That's big for back then. Absolutely it was. 2021, four days into Biden's presidency, Putin goes ahead and says, ah, forget those sanctions. I'm going to start working on Nord Stream 2 again. Was that the payback for the election that we talked about yesterday? Might have been. Like there has to be a there has to be a payback. Yeah, cause and effect. Cause yeah. and effect. And like this, why would you allow him to make just off of the United States 70 million dollars a day let alone all the European countries? Yep. He's bringing in billions probably a day because of this pipeline and because of what's going on and we're still supporting it. There has to be this is a payback for something. Mm-hmm. It's either a payback for something that's happened or it's a paying forward to say, uh, we won't we won't stop you if you go into Europe. But the problem is then we get a, a leader that's actually a leader as, as the head of our country. And now they have to put more men and women's lives at risk to try to win freedom back for Europe because of decisions like this. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know whose pockets are getting padded by this. Yeah, well, it's 
you can make your guesses, right? Uh, four, <laughs> four days. I mean, Putin wasted no time. Right. Biden gets sworn in, but I mean, it is immediate. It's Putin almost like he had that right on back. the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> almost like, yeah. yeah, like you said, was that part of the deal? And then four months later, <laughs> just throwing it out there, Biden waves the sanctions. Yeah. Yeah. And said, and basically, uh, just go ahead and keep on. After he closed down the Keystone XL pipeline yep. here, yeah, ensure well, not just that one, but a lot closing of closing down all the fracking, all the oil and gas production in the United States, yep. solidifying and ensuring that we will be giving money to Russia for exactly. their oil. Seventy million dollars a day. It's a good payback. Yeah, it's a very good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Uh-huh. And we see how fast four days, four days he starts construction. Mm-hmm. And I love what Ted Cruz said is that when oh, when Biden got into office, that the whole world knew that he was weak. Yeah. And look what's happened all around the world in the last year. It just in in South America in Africa. I mean the whole world's on fire again. Mm-hmm. And for four years, we didn't have a war. Yeah. We were, man, we were going strong there for a while. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then the sanctions that Biden put in place as a consequence to the now invasion of Ukraine, Ted Cruz says those sanctions explicitly ignore energy. Mm-hmm. So, Biden projected, especially in the State of the Union, this real tough attitude toward Putin and Russia. But, you know, he's not out there touting, ah, but we're still going to give them a lot of money for oil. Yeah, there's only one there's only one solution. Cut off his oil. And if we di- if we were producing our own oil, not only would we not have to or they wouldn't be getting money from us, but we could also supply it to European countries like we were. Yeah. Right. And then making money making money and then taking that source of income away from Putin as well. How's he, like you said, how's he fund his war machine? He can't without those revenue streams. He cannot. He can't. We're just three guys sitting at a table. I don't <laughs> think it's that complicated. I don't know. Well, when we go back to that decision to shut down the pipeline here. It's great for our economy and it's great for our employee rates and everything like that. And then not only that, it's our lifeline in reality because like they say, it takes up to eight months to get oil production back to what it was mm-hmm. before they shut it down. The, I, I've heard eight months to 24 yeah. months to get it yeah. back up and running. So, and, and no one, no sane investor is going to put money into the pipeline, getting it up. If, if, they, if this administration would come tomorrow and say, we're turning on the Keystone pipeline, mm-hmm. the investors are going to wait a few months before they really go all in because it could be turned off tomorrow. And, and I think that, that that's the risk. That's what is going to delay it even longer mm-hmm. having, I mean, you don't know, you could put all your money back into it. And then two days later, he's like, I oh, know we're shutting it down again and you're out everything you put in. So I think, I think that we just have to trace where the money is ending up and we can see that the Biden administration is voting for a stronger Russia and a weaker United States. Follow the money it applies in every situation yep yeah that's that's that'll tell you the truth about anything and it's i i guess for you know 10 years of my life i've lived under well more than that and it wasn't thinking about the other president but for many years of my life america has been the weaker Mm -hmm. 
and the world has dictated what we've done. And then a few times during my life, uh, the world has been, or America has been strong and the world has complied. The wall comes down the Soviet <laughs> union. Yeah. Um, you know, no war for four years. And, and isn't it interesting, you know, they don't take taxes. They don't take taxes to put on wars. Like they don't come and say, we're going to do a war tax right now. Okay. They did anyway, but no, it's, they create wars to get more taxes and that's what's happening. They're creating more war and they want to suck more out of the United States. And, and if that was being used to make us stronger, that would be different. But anything that they suck out of the American people today actually just goes to foreign people that want to kill us and take away freedom and the great reset and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Because these people that, that the Biden administration has put into office, the people they've elected, uh, the people that they've appointed as judges, all that stuff, they're all green new deal people that America should not have any oil. We should go back to the, to the wind farms and the solar panels and do all that stuff, which is not going to fuel our, our world. They're, they're on the kick of every, every car has to be electric, all that stuff. It's complete nonsense. And it's all out there to tear down America and bring us down to third world levels so that the elite can rule us like they do in other countries. It's, it's, it's a crazy web yeah. that is being spun, but it's, yeah, the great reset is really fueling a lot of this because again, like you said, war, how many people get rich off war? Why, why do you think so many of these people in Congress mm -hmm. are, have been pushing for, Oh yeah, you know these these kind of war talks. You know, be, go against Russia and all this stuff. Why, why, what are we doing that for? Yeah, it's, there's money to be made, and I just saw a thing today, and I forget what the numbers were, but there's like a multi-billion-dollar spending package that the government now wants to sign to send to Ukraine. Yeah, they want to send them money. Yeah, and so like, we're funding both sides of the war. Yes, and in, and innocent people, if that would pass which we probably already are, but if that bill would pass, we're sending billions to them. We're also sending $70 million a day to Russia. So we're fighting both sides of the war and people in the middle are getting killed yeah. trying to defend their house. It to me. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop. I was unhinged yesterday. I'll stop. But, but <laughs> it's I, it's awful. There has to be, there has to be somebody and three, three guys with microphones here. Um, I know we're not changing the face of politics in the U S but like I long for a leader, not a pansy. I want a leader. I want someone who's going to come out and not react to what's going on, but I want somebody who's going to lead. Well, I also want somebody who's not bought yeah. by any of these other countries exactly. or by any of these industries and, and elites in the world. Right. And you, you saw what it was like for four years to have a president who wasn't owned by anybody. Yeah. And of course they came, like we talked about yesterday, Putin's puppet, Putin's puppet. Well, they always are what they call you. Right. And we're seeing that now. Yeah. Who actually is Putin's puppet. And those four years were so strong. And that's why they hated him so much is because he threatened everything. Every one of them that were tied into these, this, this corrupt money. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think one of the things that, that president Trump brought back was, and you can call it nationalism. You can call it whatever you want. But one of the things that he brought back was a pride that America could do it. Yeah. And four days into 
Biden's presidency, the world knows America is not going to do it. We're not going to stand up for Afghani uh, citizens. We're not going to stand up for 13. I think he said 13 soldiers yep. killed that were abandoned there. Yep. Terrorists killed them. We, we left them billions of dollars in equipment. We immediately showed the world that we're weak and, and I think it's time that we have leadership and I thank Ted Cruz for doing what he's doing, but we need 300 of those people in Washington who are going to hold the, hold the, the rest of the country's feet to the fire and say, no, we are better than this. We're better than funding both sides of a war and watching 14 year olds get killed on the street and bleed out. We're, we're better than this. America is better. Yeah. And that's why we see truckers going across the land. That's why we see that's why we see people waving flags on the on the overpasses and it's all great but the people that are making these policies are un, they're they're not held accountable and until that happens we're going to be the laughing stock of the world well i think one one silver lining one good thing to talk about real quick it seems that the majority of americans the the people in america see what's going on because the State of the Union address on, was that Monday, Tuesday night, whatever, w really showed just how bad things are for Biden and the administration because their polling numbers are so low that in the speech, I didn't even realize this until I was listening to some, some analysts afterwards, but Biden actually incorporated a, a lot of Donald Trump talking points into his speech. <laughs> he had to. He, yeah, which... It was very odd. I mean, I did hear the part where he went on a long spiel about how we need to buy America and everything needs to be made in America and all this America stuff. And it, it sounded so weird to hear him saying that because that's never, he's no. never said that before. That's no, you know, spot. you know what happened? They were, they were back crafting the speech. Of course he didn't write that. So, so his, his minions are back there creating the speech and they're saying, oh no, our poll numbers are so far in the toilet. We got to pull out what Trump got you know, 75% of the country to agree with. Yeah. And they put that in the speech. It has nothing to do. Like I said, the state of the union is a show. I don't care who you are. I don't care Republican or Democrat. When you get up there, you're just sharing talking points to try to get your poll numbers up. And that's what he was doing. And they were all lies. He doesn't care about funding the police. He spent all that time <laughs> talking about funding the police and every action that his administration, his prosecutors, the people that he's appointing are all anti-police. Yep. And then he followed that up with, we need to secure our borders. Yeah. Well then put the, what? put the fence up. Why are you, why are you making Texas pay with their own dollars to put the fence up on the, on the border when it was already, it's already paid for. That's the thing. The money has already been allocated to finish the wall. Mm -hmm. They just don't want to do it because yeah. they'd rather have all kinds of people come across the border and yeah. it funds their drug trade and it funds all of it and drop them off in our local cities. Exactly. Yep. yep. <sighs> okay. I, well, so the silver lining is, is that Americans are waking up. Yeah. That is the silver lining. Right. The that, question. Oh, go ahead. The question I have though is if you're awake, what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. That's the question I have. Are the American people going to voice their opinion? Even if Facebook gets shut off, even if Twitter gets shut off, 
um, because we've all seen that. I mean, my personal Facebook yeah. page was shut down this week. <laughs> I mean, it, are you still gonna are you still gonna sit behind a microphone or get on your phone and shoot a video and post it of what you feel mm-hmm. when you're awake in America? If that doesn't happen, then I fear that America could be lost. Yep, we need people that aren't just awake, but who are uncancelable and not af- you know what I mean, not afraid to be canceled. You know, I know that there's certain things if I shared, I'm running the risk of having my Facebook page shut down or my accounts paused or whatever. Okay, fine, whatever. I'm still going to keep doing it. Truth is truth. The problem is the people that that are that started all these platforms have been bought and they therefore a different yep. agenda than truth. And we know that you you can see that in the mainstream media for decades now. Um, they're shaping consensus with falsehoods, and uh, and so yeah, it doesn't matter if you're canceled. Doesn't matter. And if you're speaking truth, just jump on our website, send us a comment, and we'll put you on. Yeah, we got a I platform mean, for it. We got a platform for it, and and that's why I think it's so important that we understand that the platforms that most of the world is using are corrupt, mm-hmm. and we have to go to platforms that are uncancelable. Yeah. And I think you're really starting to see when people get canceled, attention gets turned to them, not away from them. Right. So if you get canceled, just know that you're on the right track. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So we're going to shift gears here and talk about some of this anti-Christianity things happening in Europe. Yeah. There's two wars in Europe. Yeah. There there's the war that we are seeing on TV and then there's the war that uh, I believe most Christians in America are oblivious to, yep. and that is the war on religious freedom. And we've got a few stories today that are uh, very powerful, but only powerful if you're going to take action yourself on them, um, because you can read about this and go back to sleep tomorrow. You can hear us talk about it and go back to sleep tomorrow, and that the stuff we're about to describe to you that's happening in, in Europe will be on your doorstep if you don't do something about it. So uh, the first story uh, is a trial of two Christians in Finland that has implications on faith in America. So give me a second. I'll read this paragraph, couple paragraphs. While most Americans were still asleep on Monday morning, Finnish member of parliament, Pavi Rasinen and Lutheran Bishop Johanan Pohoya entered entered a courtroom in Helsinki, Finland. They are on trial for their faith in court proceedings that began three weeks ago, concluding an almost three-year-long campaign of legal harassment from the Finnish government. They, they and the prosecution made their final arguments on Tuesday. Pavi, a 62-year-old medical doctor and grandmother of seven, faces three charges of so-called ethnic agitation. That's going to be a key word that we have to remember when we're looking at what's going on. Ethnic agitation. Yep. Okay. Who controls that definition? Yes. So she is, she's faces three charges of so-called ethnic agitation for expressing her belief in the teachings of the Bible by having published a pamphlet on marriage in 2004. Okay. This is 2022. It's almost 20 years ago. Right. She published it in 2004. And so she's being charged right now for this for taking part in a discussion on a radio show in 2019 and for a tweet with a picture of a Bible passage. For this, she faces two years in prison if convicted. 
So things that she did 20 years ago, 18 years ago, things that she did two years, three years ago, she's now on trial in Finland for, and it was publishing a book, uh, a a pamphlet on what marriage is for taking part in a radio show, 2019, and then a tweet with a Bible passage on it. Now that's just one of the two. Does that, we'll pause there. What, what is your take on that part of the story? I see a lot of people posting Facebook, uh, posts with scriptures, right? I guess we could all be, uh, yeah. put on trial for Well, that they could someday, go back huh? if, if you could go back to their first post on Facebook in yeah. 2000, whatever, yeah. 2008, they can pull that and say, oh no, you said that now you're on trial. Yeah. I think it goes to show that if you are against any agenda of theirs, they have a backlog of everything you've done, everything you've said, your beliefs, everything, and they are going to do all they can to pull those out whenever it's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Goebbels. Yeah. It yeah. just, it, it just, the media using media to really push their agenda. So meanwhile, Bishop Pahoya faces a single charge of ethnic agitation. Okay, that's what they're going with in Europe, ethnic agitation, for merely hosting this lady's book on his church website. Okay, so he's got a single charge of ethnic agitation because he had her book on his website. That's it. That's it. He he referenced her book on his website. What is he facing? The prospect of two years in prison as well. <laughs> Harsh reality. Okay, so I real, I had to look up ethnic agitation. Okay, yeah. I was like, did they even define it? Like, no, it doesn't. It not. just says, quote. You're going to charge somebody, at least explain to people what, what the heck it is. So according to Wikipedia, a person who makes available to the public or otherwise spreads among the public or keeps available for the public information an expression of opinion or another message where a certain group is threatened defamed or insulted on the basis of its race, skin, color, birth status, national or ethnic origin, religion. I don't know. Maybe it goes on to say more. I just got the snippet here, but well, I'm offended. So that's essentially what it's saying. Yeah. It's saying if you're offended at something that somebody puts out, then you can be put it, you know, you can, they can be put in jail because they offended you. Um, and, uh, I'm offended at a lot of stuff happening right now. So why aren't those people being held accountable? I guess ethnic agitation would, would fit what's happened in Canada as well. Yeah. They, so. I'm telling you, we're going to see this word, these words uh-huh. coming up. This phrase is going to be, we're going to start seeing it in laws and different yep. things in the U S I, I bet we are. Yeah. And as we've seen, Europe is like a trial run for anything coming over here in America. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Canada too. Uh, yeah. Same. You can apply the same thing to that. Yep. Um, and, and the, the terminology there was conversion therapy, conversion therapy. You can't, you can't, tell someone that you you need to consider something else because you're trying to convert them and and that's yeah i think that we've seen that i think that we're seeing the same thing just different labels yeah isn't it it's the same exact thing it's just different labels yeah so i want to read this next paragraph because the prosecution started the case with something very interesting every christian every christian needs to hear this paragraph The absurd anti-Christian hostility inherent in this case cannot be overstated. The prosecutor began the trial in January by reading unrelated Bible verses as examples of bad speech. 
This week, the prosecution continued its final arguments by stating that the Bible cannot overrule Finnish law and the use of the word sin can be harmful and agitate people. So here's the thing. Fin- Finland is a, is a European liberal democracy that ostensibly pro- promises its citizens basic human rights, such as freedom of speech, religion, assembly, equality under the law, property rights, among others. However, the Finnish government seems to have forgotten these core values, acting more like the woke theocracy as it attempts to punish citizens who dare contradict their secular dogma. <laughs> so freedom... All the things that these countries are founded on and America, mm-hmm. the freedom goes out the window when you are talking about things that they don't want you to talk about. Yep. Or when you're saying we don't want a war or, you know, when it, when it mm-hmm. goes against their rhetoric, then now you can be, you can be put in prison for two years because you wrote a booklet 20 years ago. You were on a podcast in 2019 and you tweeted a picture of a Bible passage. I, the reason why we're highlighting this today is because the church in America is asleep, completely asleep. If you're awake, you understand that everything that we do as believers in America right now, everything we do as believers, according to this mindset, which is all over Europe, it's in Canada, we just saw it, that everything that you do on a Sunday morning, everything you do uh the way that you think about your prayer life, the it's all against the law because it would offend somebody because of their quote unquote ethnic agitation. Yep. It goes even further here in another article pertaining to the same story it says in December, the European commission presented an initiative to make hate speech, which is protected in the United States under the first amendment, a crime across the EU. Mm. So hate speech, of course, is going to be anything biblical. Well, and we just did a story yesterday. Um, the House Representative uh, member, um, Vicki Hartzler, mm-hmm. she tweeted that uh, women's sports are for women, not yep. for men pretending to be women. That was labeled as hateful, hate speech. Yeah. yeah, hateful speech or whatever. And they banned her from Twitter. I mean, so today, just telling the truth. Today, it's a ban from Twitter. Tomorrow, who knows? Could be you prison. Yep. Yeah. So you talking about the church, you know, being, being asleep on all of that. And I, I, when did the division of politics and church happen? Because when politics became a religion. Okay. Good point. Because when I was, I, I've been reading a history book on, you know, the founding of America and kind of, you know, leading up to it and then afterwards and uh, pastors and ministers before America was even founded, I'm, their, their sermons on Sunday mornings talked about the events of the day, right. the political, the current events that were happening in the colonies the, and relating it to the word. The Black Robe Regiment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the pastors were the ones leading um, and were the ones saying, this is, this is wrong. This is, this is something that England is doing that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, I remember you can go read about the black robe regiment, but I mean, they really were the ones that kept the American spirit alive. And so by saying that the church in America is dead, um, which in a lot of cases it is, Mm -hmm. um, you can just look at statistics of how many churches are closing every week, but that the, one of the reasons why is that we aren't engaging in 
preserving freedom as you cannot go in scripture and find a place where the Lord didn't preserve freedom for someone. And if we're not going to do it today for our own country, for our own families, then we're not even following what the scriptural basis of, of what Jesus taught of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the church and, and you can say 501c3 status, we'll take it away because you're supporting candidates and blah, 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 uh, whatever. That's just a way that they put it in there to try to control the voice of the church. But if the church would get back to pastors saying, this is what's going on in the world. This is what the Bible says about it. Take that to the Lord and figure out what you're going to do. We would see a revival that we've never seen on the planet. And my question is, is, is there enough spark in the church? Is there enough of a ember burning in the church for pastors to rise up and say, this is wrong. We're funding both sides of a war and watching innocent people die. This is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of talking through all this, um, it just, I, I feel like the transgender ideology is one avenue that is being utilized right now as part of an agenda to, to pave the way for this hate speech yeah. to become a, a law, yeah. to become a thing. And I just keep going back to, there's no way, there's absolutely no way that these leftists actually care about people. They, 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 they preach about transgender rights and we, you know, we love all these people and all these communities need to be included. They don't care about people. They're using you. Yep. They're using these people. Look at the people at CNN and, you know, they touted, oh, the voices and I don't remember all their names, but now they're all gone mm -hmm. because their usefulness, they don't have the platform anymore. So, so now they're arrested or fired because of sexual misconduct or whatever. Now they're no longer the darlings of the liberals and they don't have a voice anymore. Mm -mm. It's amazing how they use and abuse people. And then they say that they're for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, it's, it's the world is just so different now. And I guess one good rule of thumb is if, if you're part of a group or community that all of a sudden these leftists are saying, oh yeah, we, we support you. We want to help you get out quick. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause, <laughs> it's coming. For sure. Yep. Cause you are, you have just become a pawn. Yeah, exactly. In their game, you don't have a chance of winning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a piece. You're just a piece in their game. And, yeah. and that's, that's huge. But I do, I do think that when politics became a religion, it's religion for Christians too. Come on. Yeah. Some people believe more in the politics of blue and red than they do in the Bible. 100%. Yeah. And that's wrong. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to, you know, you said about not being able to, you, you know, they don't want to support a specific candidate, you know, at church or whatever. Oh yeah. And that, okay. But, but if we just talk about what's going on, we have to talk about politics Talk about what's going on in the world and how that relates to the Bible. Give people the truth based on the word and then let people are smart. If they'll go out and figure out what candidate supports a policy that backs that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's but sooner or later, I have a feeling that even that is going to be wrong. If we don't start, if we don't start everybody doing that. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're because, lose because it. we can't, we can't have a 25 minute sermon uh, maybe I shouldn't go here, but we, we can't have a 25 minute sermon. Just feel good every single week when the world is caving around people because our people want truth. Mm -hmm. People want the truth. And if we're, if we're just going to give platitudes and quotable, tweetable uh, things as pastors, then we're just another talk show. Yep. 
if we actually are going to stand on the word and we're going to say, no, this is wrong. Do you realize that our government right now is doing X, Y, and Z? And according to scripture, that is wrong. Then we need to rise up and say something and do something as believers. If we're not going to do that, then we're just another, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just wasting time. Yeah, I agree. That's, I mean, we're just, we're just wasting the people's time that we're shepherding. How's that? Like as pastors, um, you would be wasting your people's time, making them what, what, what's the scripture? I just totally slipped my mind, but we're, we're tickling their ears. Yeah. Mm, We're making them feel good. Um, but we're not actually getting, they're not actually getting truth. It's like we pick and choose because when you, you know, if, if you know the Bible, you, when Jesus talks about the end times, Matthew 24 comes to mind. I mean, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there and we're living this out. And yet so much of the church seems surprised that yeah. they're going to be hated yeah. and are getting backlash for speaking these truths. I mean, we know it. He says it right here and it, and it's coming to pass right now in this age. Yeah. But, but as, as leaders yeah. uh, of our houses, as leaders of businesses, yeah. as leaders of churches, if we're not speaking out, yep. then the world loves us. Yep. And that's not the, that's not what we're called to do in the final days. Nope. Yeah. We yeah. have to get bolder. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not doing this. You know, we didn't go protest against the mandates back in November and, and December so that people would be like, oh, you guys are great. No, we got hated on for that. Right. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, it was some serious yeah. backlash and that's okay. Cause that's, that's to be expected. Yep. It has to happen. Yep. It has to happen. So anyway, you had one other story, Nate, um, about Europe. Oh, it was the one, it was the Finnish one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a politician in Europe that is, that is being, uh, arrested as well. Um, and I don't know exactly what she did. We'll come up with another, another episode where we talk about her specifically, but all across Europe, we see this ethnic agitation stuff. And, uh, and until we, until we put up a wall in America to say, no, 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 no. The, the second amendment defends the first amendment. Like we're, we're here to say you're not trampling on our rights. And we've seen it in school boards and look at what happened. They've carried people out of school board meetings because they're speaking truth. Right. They've called them terrorists. I know. I know. Terrorists. It's, it's amazing. So I, the moral of the story is wake up. And when you wake up, Make sure that you're just looking into where you're called to be on the wall. Yeah. Because like we're that. all called to be on the wall. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier. I mean, if, if, if you're watching this, listening to this, and you're wondering, well, I do want to do something, but I just don't know what, like you said, don't just listen to this and turn it off and go about your day. Share it with somebody. Yep. Or take some of the knowledge that we've brought to the table here or that maybe you've heard other places or learned. And when you hear somebody say something you, you know, isn't true or is wrong, stand against it. Yep. Yeah. Stand say, this is, this is truth. And everybody has their own form of truth or form of godliness, but um, there is one truth. Right. And I mean, I'll be honest, at least for me, it's not easy to do that. It's uncomfortable. It's yeah. real uncomfortable to, to be confrontational or to, to say something that, you know, oh, this person is not going to agree with this, but you know what, after you do it a couple of times and you get more confident in your stance and your position and your beliefs, it's not so hard anymore. Yeah. It, 
it becomes it becomes something that is a noble feat. Martin Niemöller was the pastor, the Black Robe Regiment, who stood up and said, Ecclesiastes, there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. And I believe that the church has to engage in the battle. We do not battle against flesh and blood, right? That we, we aren't battling against candidates or politicians. There is a darkness that has come upon the earth. And we have been selected when God looked down through the annals of time. He said, I want you to be in this place in this hour to bring heaven to earth. And the, the only way that I know to bring heaven to earth is not to hide in the basement and not to, not to uh, just passively go through life, but to bring heaven to earth, we have to bring truth to earth. And it's not always fun and the nations will hate us and that's whatever, but we have to bring truth and not just tickle people. Amen. All right. Anything else, guys, you want to? Well, if you want to be a part of our insiders, you can text AGA to 330-619-4497. Become one of our insiders. And hey, download the AGA app, America's Grace Awakening app, on all of your devices. And uh, when you are watching it, maybe on your Apple TV or your Roku TV or any of the other platforms, snap a picture and uh, show us your TV with with the show on and the AGA network on. Uh, it doesn't even have to be our show. We got lots of other awesome content yeah, out there and stuff. two twenty four seven channels that are running all the time that you can sit and watch and uh, get tremendous tremendous content. Um, but take a picture of it and send it to us, and maybe we'll give something away. Yeah, love that. I'm glad you said that because I just realized I forgot at the top of the show, like normal, tell everybody, go to locals, go yes. to supportaga.com, join our locals community, follow along with all the, the news posts, the feeds that we're, we're doing there, get into conversations with not just us, but with the other members of the locals community. This is, we got to be having conversations. Yep. We have to be talking. It's not, it's not good for you to sit at home and just keep everything bottled up. Talk to people, talk to like-minded people. Yep who you can feel safe with and, and we'll, we'll all come together and we'll, we'll do this thing. Yep. We'll be and, all right. And but. thanks for all the people that have joined locals in the last week. I mean, yep. and supported us and that's amazing. We got new studio stuff coming. And um, so thanks for all you're doing and for watching and clicking that share button and the like button and um, just making comments on, on what it is. We love to hear your voice. Yep, absolutely. So we, uh, like I said, second episode this week, a lot of content we just got to get through. We'll have more next week. So everybody have a great weekend and uh, stay with us.